You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with artist Gloria Passas. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. How did you come to this connection with your characters that you paint? I just feel there is already a connection, something I have to come to, but that I'm trying to search it out or see what's already there. I feel that we are truly connected as a world, and I'm just trying to make people aware of an existing connection we already have to, you know, send that message in there. And I like to do it in the form of, I guess you'd call it mundane, you know, uh, a mundane image where it's not about bells and whistles, but it's about something in it makes you want to look and you want to know why. And it's because you've been there before, regardless of whether you're a dancer or that particular guy in the subway, you know, you've been in his head in that mood that he's experiencing. I've always been fascinated by the interaction of people and why they say and do the things they do. I got to say, I'm particularly interested in murder mysteries myself. If I were to go watch the TV, it's because at the end, they round it all up and they found out who the killer is. Because murder mysteries, more than any other story, they answer the question, why did this guy do this? And I, that's what I like to answer the questions. Why do people act the way they do? Now, you can find that regardless of what the theatrical production is about. I tend to like classic stuff, but I, I can't imagine a more fascinating topic than people and what moves them, what, what makes them act the way they do. I just can't think of anything more. And the goal of my work in particular is to make people just stop enough to look at it and then be reminded of themselves a little bit in what they're looking at, regardless of what they look like compared to the image. And that's it. Sometimes I'm just sitting at a coffee shop watching people and trying to invent stories. It's just a fascination for me. And theater was great. I could see how theater impacted my work because actually... I have a broad brush when I paint, mainly. And it's kind of fuzzy as you get close, but as you go further, you see things. That's the discipline of the theater is to make you paint. You're painting up close, but for an image that can be seen from a distance from the last chair in the theater. (laughs) So that's kind of my thing. Sometimes I'll paint images of people watching parade go by, but nobody takes pictures of the crowd watching. And just to focus the attention on, this is what you're missing. I like to do stuff like that. And it's just to draw attention to an aspect of humanity that I'm just trying to make people pay attention to. That's all. Like sometimes walking through Times Square, you see all the razzle-dazzle. And then every once in a while, you see a dilapidated little section of Times Square. And I'm going, look at that. That's a good, nobody's noticing that. I don't know what it is, my fascination for just zeroing in on stuff that nobody will look at. But I just like that. I'd like to say that another artist I like is is Roscoe. And most people, in my opinion about him, is that I just can't help but getting sucked into his pictures. I just stare there for the longest time. Everybody has moved on and I'm sucked in. (laughs) I want to achieve something to stick people in that place. Just keep them still for a second. And it's because I consider life a dance, really. A dance that some dancers are clunky and some dancers are graceful, but it's a dance, a compromise, a puzzle, kind of. And it just has a lot of elements that 
I can draw comparisons with light, you know, the dance of the planets. That's all. There's so many dances all the time, all around us. And do you know what they're all saying? Yes, no, maybe. But that's what we're in. And we're trying to figure out why are we here? Why do I have to do this dance? And what's animating me? I just like the way there's a lot of analogies between life and dance between the way people interact, you know, people who are not dancers. I just like that lines can be drawn between regular life and dancing. But also, too, the advantage that this art has over dance is it freezes the moment, a moment you miss because, you know, time goes by, the dancer's got to keep moving. Yeah, but you miss something unless somebody freezes it. You know, you could kind of compare it to planets in space. Or two people just going around the planet, wondering, you know, just the daily grind of the beginning of the day to the end. Twirling in space, that planet is in itself twirling in space, twirling around. And I just want to give people a sense that we ourselves planets. And there's just a lot of expression that you can get from looking at the face, which is why there's a concentration on the face. And I use colors to evoke a mood. And I feel like the reason I paint is about not showing an image, sharing an image, sharing a likeness. It's about the mood of that person. And you can't get into mood as good when you're just trying to nail down a likeness. You get it because of the way you feel toward it, the colors that you are inspired to paint as you look at it. And in my practice, I'm just more drawn to the inner life of that person and expressing it. And so there's no need for me to get in like this. I use whatever I can do to see something besides the obvious. And you do that by squinting, by half looking. You just go into it, not as you faithfully copying something, but just going with it. And yeah, from a distance, you know, this doesn't look as exaggerated as it does when you're close up. The exaggeration of color, of dark and light. But training in the theater arts just makes you more aware of basic shapes and how they're going to reach from a distance. And another thing, I was trained in getting the composition, not right, but just balanced. A balanced composition, that takes the precedence. If you don't have a good composition, forget about the rest. So I work the composition until it works, and then I go from there. But in that regard, you could say, yeah, I am an old style because that'll what starts a painting, ends a painting. You're like, the composition, the bones, the frame on which the whole thing rests has to be good. This is called The Dancers, and this is part of my dancing series. And you could interpret this as two planets twirling in space. And it kind of evokes the question of what are we doing twirling in space? You know, but it all started from just the idea that I got to paint this. And this, of course, was just a small picture of the entire image. You know, I'm just watching it on TV, take a shot, and I go, you know what? The only thing I like about this whole thing is the two heads. So I squished them together a little bit, and, uh, and that's it. And it appears now as if they're two planets floating in space, and it evokes existential questions. But that was the purpose of that. And also, as I look at that, it could be the same person because you have this connecting line. So in my interpretation, although I can understand that they're dancers, they might be two versions of the same person. One, the watchful, aware one, the other one in abandon or passion or this more free gesture. 
that's just yeah. something I get. And there's maybe like a dark mirror between them. Mm-hmm. There's a, multiple interpretations, which is also lovely about your work. Or even their lovers. I'm not sure. That's yeah. what I like because you don't answer all the questions. Right. And I try to make my figures not so gender specific necessarily. Sometimes you can guess. But the image on the left is actually was a man. You can't tell, really. And the right one was a woman. But the idea that they, you know, it could be the same person. Yeah, I'm just very fascinated also by the whole idea of what gender is, you know. Because in my head, I'm kind of masculine. I don't comport myself as transgender or anything. But I think I operate in the world like a male in a lot of respects. And I just want to bring that out that I think a lot of people do this. They might look female, act male in a certain way under a certain spectrum. It's all mixed up. But it's very fascinating age we live in. It's as if, you know, we're just being made aware of all these things that was were already there, that we are on the spectrum of things, on the spectrum of female, on the spectrum of male, and then we look a certain way outwardly. That's all that is. You know. I think I basically, you know, heterosexual female is what still do. But I know, you know, when I'm just by myself, I don't even think of myself as a pronoun. I just think, hey, this is, I am me in the world doing me things. <laughs> it was like a more repressed time. People were kind of expected to be sunny on the outside. If going to a therapist was frowned upon. It was like a source of shame. Now it's just an open thing. I'm a baby boomer. You know, and then after that era, it was, we became hippies. And then after that, we became new age, whatever. And uh, everything they say about that time is true, you know, and it produced a lot of artists that just want to break out and be free. I couldn't understand why people would want to be bottled up. As a child, I saw a lot of sad things happening. And I was wondering, can I be the only child that sees how ridiculous the adults are. So when I became an adult, I thought, dang it, I'm going to expose everything. And I don't think I'm any different from a lot of artists that just want to break out and be free. It is still a scary time we're in. And there's a lot of fodder for artists to use toward their art. It's just a very transitional time we're in. And you yourself got COVID. It was a very scary time for you and you were hospitalized. Tell us a little bit about that experience and maybe how it reordered the way you prioritize things or maybe got back into your art in a deeper way? Well, there is a setback after having COVID. You just don't have the energy to do stuff. And whenever I have a period of not working on my work, then I come back with a vengeance after I'm able. So I think actually before I got COVID, I was happy that we were sequestered that the whole world was sequestered. I'm in, I'm doing artwork. I'm, but the actual COVID experience, you know, it got you thinking why it's happening and why it's happening now. As you can see in the painting, there's a lot of red and blue. It was left-leaning liberals and the red is right-leaning conservatives. And as you see, she's mixed. She has it both in her. That's how I see the world that we're, that there is a major reset we have to do and we all just have to get along and we all have elements of both liberal conservative practical idealistic in us not of course that we should you know welcome somebody like an extremist into our lives of either party but that is what we're in now now back in the 50s 60s it was the republicans and democrats in the united states they weren't as 
combative as they are now. There was a lot of agreement. There was like foregone conclusion. They're all going to pass the, the Civil Rights Act. But now every little thing. And at the part of the reset button is people understanding that they can now not just rely on government for everything. If they're so undecided, the smartest heads in the room can't figure it out. We have to do our part to just reach out and see how we could help somebody and not care. You know, as long as they're not a, a guy with a semi-automatic, just reach out and look at them. Yeah, exactly the spirit of an artist that a lot of people have, you know, kept. And it's a lesson in that we should keep that ability to wonder, the freedom to recreate something to our image, you know, to our way of seeing the world. That's all good. And that's what a child does without knowing, but it's to retain a bit of the childlike. It's a necessity. Well, I think it was a process when I was little. I was always living in my head and like not being in the moment because I'm not hearing what people are saying, but trying to get to why they just said that. So I was always trying to step back a little as opposed to getting involved in things. And I think that's kind of what meditation is. You're stepping back. Let's look back at this, set the dial to zero and now analyze the scene and try. So I was always doing that. Then now I'm with a guy, another artist, Ed Terriello was his name, and he had reintroduced the meditation to me. And as a person who does like the standard meditation, I'm not successful all the time. My mind does wander, but I, I get better with practice. But like I said, the act of doing artwork, the act of preparing to do artwork is meditative. You're standing back as opposed to getting sucked along with all the baggage. That's the interesting thing about when you are painting. In a sense, what you do, it's an act of looking, it's an act of listening, an act of seeing. And in a way, you do become that which you're painting. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe I'm just trying to walk into a painting and find myself. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.